Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know if I, I didn't know. tell you, but I, I was just, uh, I, was, <laughs> I was just checking the. You know uh, how to get the, the best takes. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's great. That's what my producer did. He would tell me it's just a rehearsal, and he's not recording, and then he would record, and uh-huh. so I could. Oh, record. It takes the, it takes the pressure off for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Christopher fucking Hoyle is in the studio, boys and girls. I'm really excited about this. This is very weird, though. It's like, I, I, I got to admit, it's it's weird because, I mean, when the, the when the only time you ever see one of your friends is at a bar, and now they're like in your house, that first time's a little awkward, right? I mean, like you're in my house. That's a little different. you kind of, you kind of don't want me here. But... Well, no, no, that's not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, not past like eleven, but. <laughs> <laughs> But like no, it's just like it's you know it's it's different. It's a it's, new level of it's a new it's a new setting. Friendship. It's a new it, well no we're no I don't think I don't think it's changed our status as friends. I mean, I can, <laughs> but our status but it, is high. But it's just sure. it's just it's just interesting, you know. Like I've I've thought about that because like you know when we were, like the other the other podcast we were doing was kind of neutral territory. We were you know th- this is the first this is the first interview we're doing in this in the garage studio of my house. Nice, yeah. Um, everything else was at o- OMS down in Morristown, right, Dylan? Yeah. And yeah. you let any kind of riff raff in there? <laughs> well, there was the one guy. Well, well there was that one uh, guy trying to sell pens. <laughs> what did that actually happen? No, no I'm fucking with you. Oh, <laughs> I would believe it though. Well, what, 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 there was the one you had the one crazy cat, uh, like and like during lockdown was still coming in. Uh, just to use the bathroom. Oh. Uh, pudgy little fella. Nice, yeah. like harmless, but like weird. R- right. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I I, I won't. Uh, yeah. I won't say his name. But yeah, yeah I know. But yeah, I no, know like, what you mean. Yeah, not, like was what, it the oh, Dark Lord? Like he's gonna like, <laughs> like he's gonna hear this. <laughs> he's still, Actually, I haven't. He listen, I haven't, I haven't he listens seen that to guy Ten Ten Wins. He's not. He's not finding us. Mm. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> this isn't 1010 wins. No. <laughs> no, we're not 1010 wins. You know, this is interesting though. You're um you're the first uh Michiganian Michigander. Michigander. That's right. You were born in, in you were born in Detroit, right? Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. Right on. And um how old were you when you moved to Jersey? 15. Right on. Yeah. And that was what your your dad's job took you guys here. He was with the phone company, and we went from Michigan Bell to AT and T. So you were his, he was working in Whippany. Eventually, yeah, yeah, where you used to hang out. I lived. That was where I was born and raised. And then when, you I, probably saw him smoking it was, outside his office, possibly outside Bogies. Sure. You know, oh which, yeah. Why, that was a great spot. I don't, you you probably never I miss got a it. chance to go there. Bogies was a no. great little little uh, just greasy spoon burger joint. It was like a, like, a, like a renovated house on Route 10, right by the police station. Yeah, it's like Cheers, but in a space the size of this garage. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, okay. if Cheers took place in a walk-in closet, <laughs> and every time you, you wanted to go anywhere, you had to lift your arms above your head, like you're doing the perp walk. A lot of stories, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, that, that was a great spot. Um, they had a great burger. They had a really fucking good yeah. burger over there. Yeah, yeah. But, You're making me hungry, Nick. <laughs> I'm so, we got we got chips and salsa if you need it, um, cool. and there's still tequila. There's always there's always tequila. Nice. Uh, that, um, that liquid diet. That's so a, so, that's what, what town you did you grow? Did you grow like you know when you got to Jersey? Uh, like what town did you grow up in? We moved to New Providence, New Jersey, okay. and I have a lot of history in Summit, which is right next to that yep. as well, and that's where it started in New Jersey. So you're like. Did you, you didn't do any like theater or anything or like like school plays when you were 
in Michigan? Michigan? I really changed. I was a wannabe jock totally in Michigan, starting to get into music, but then moving to Jersey, the artsy thing, music, guitar lessons, trying out for plays, got into some plays in high school. I changed totally. I was on the baseball team in New Providence, but I sucked and I wasn't a starter <laughs> for the first time in my life. So baseball was like always like was that your sport back yeah, in, in Michigan? Yeah, it was my passion and uh, sports was everything back then. Back well, there and and Detroit had a good team back in the day. Age, uh, I'm not gonna. I don't want to age myself, but uh, well, we're gonna get to that eventually. Ah! <laughs> All right, <laughs> they call age seven the age of reason, where you start to understand a little bit about what the world is and that was the year the tigers won the world series i will not name that year but uh you can look it up pretty easily but it's the last time they won the world series right no 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 it was then 80 some 84 84 they won and then they had one in the 90s too i think i think so well yeah but uh detroit went nuts it's a big sports town and it was a dramatic season you know especially like you know it's not going to be the you know it's not going to be the fucking Lions winning. Uh, well, they they had their heyday in the fifties, I think, and yeah. that that is before my time, That's, Nick. Okay, yeah. I, no, that I'm not. I, I'm not trying to overage you. You know, I just think it's funny because you're like you're like the you're 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 Gen X. Like the like the you're like first generation Gen X, Beginning, yeah, and I'm like last generation Gen X. So like. We grew up with like a lot of the same things because yeah. I had a lot of my brother's it's, shit. It's interesting, yeah. <laughs> you were an old soul in a way, also because you know all of the classic rock, which is kind of before your time. Which oh, is always like, surprising. Majority yeah. of what I what I play as far as music, majority of the music I play as far as covers go, it's stuff that was recorded before I was even born. Yeah, and you know rock <laughs> history, you know, going all the way back to uh, the Gregorian chants, no, no um, <laughs> Frank Sinatra and stuff. You know, I don't know if he's that old. <laughs> i've actually uh researched music uh uh kind of far um the i can't i can't off the top of my head remember what it's called but the uh i was shown the first piece of written music and it was it was um it was on the headstone what yeah the first well wow. or like the earliest found piece of sheet music because you know paper dies but you know a headstone will stick around oh okay um yeah, this 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 fella wrote an epitaph for his wife, and and had it carved into her headstone, and it was in Greece. Wow! So like you know they you know they when they found this headstone and they found the markings, they're like wait, that's not just random dots. This is this is these are notes on a scale. So that was like the, that's the, the the earliest found piece of sheet music was was from what I was you know from you know what I found. What I was, you know, was came from, you know, way before, like way in the BCs. Wow, it's very but touching. It was, but it was Greece, and it, yeah, it was, it was, uh, uh, it was an epitaph. This this guy writing a love letter to his to his to his wife who had, who had passed away. And do you play that as a cover um, um, at the bars? It well, uh, you know what? It's been covered over the years so many times that it eventually became Layla. That's right. <laughs> so I forgot about that. And that's just yeah. too. That's there's too many parts to that. I don't I don't have a pedal steel. And uh, and a piano to just bust out and start the whole, yeah. you know, Goodfellas wrap up song. You know, <laughs> every time I hear that song, there's 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 certain songs I hear, and it's it's all because of Martin Scorsese. Every time I hear these songs, mm. I'm immediately transported to that movie. You know, like the um, Donovan song. Yeah, Atlantis. 
I'm 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 right there watching Billy Bats get his <laughs> his head kicked in <laughs> on the bar floor. I didn't mean to get blood on your floor, Hendry. Like <laughs> Go get but, your fucking shine. Get box. your fucking shine. Box. Yeah, that 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 scene, exactly that scene. But um no, it's you know, um so what was the what was the first uh what was the first time you were on stage? Like so it was was it a school play? Yes. I got cast in Our Town. Ah. The first play I tried out for, and I was cast as the lead, George Gibbs, thanks to wow. a very encouraging drama teacher uh, named Jack Gardner, who was a big inspiration. And uh, he had been in on Broadway with uh, Bernadette Peters and stuff like that, and uh, he was now teaching high school. He was new to the high school as well, so it was his first year teaching. Right. And uh, he cast me, and that got that ball rolling as far as performing as an actor. Right on. And then uh, in terms of live performing, there's a story, same venue, the high school stage. I'm practicing piano in a band room, and this hippie guy my age, you know, we were juniors in high school, he said, oh, you should play Helpless for me on the piano. I'm playing Helpless at the folk concert. You got to play. I'm like... I've never played with anybody. I'm, I don't feel ready. He's like, oh yeah, it's so easy. It's just three chords. Three chords, yeah. <laughs> and I was Great not song. used. I was not used to playing with anyone. And of course, we had no rehearsal. I screwed up. He just like broke down in the middle of the performance and walked off the stage. <laughs> He's like, ah, screw he, it. I, ah. He was helpless. <laughs> but I was an employee at McDonald's, and they let me play guitar and sing over there That's a, in the McDonald's. Wow. What? House Dude, of the Rising Sun, Imagine, is, these, you know, these songs. You played in a McDonald's? Yeah. That is, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like... There's like these. Uh, have you seen this video of these kids playing like a death metal show in Denny's? The fuck's up, Denny's? Yeah, wow. yeah exactly that. You, you, dude, you laid the groundwork. Yeah. You laid the groundwork for these death metal douchebags going, "What the fuck's up, Denny's?" I, I'll send you the link. It's <laughs> that's, hilarious because like in the middle of a Denny's, they just like move tables and just plug in and play. It's hilarious. <laughs> now, one thing, <laughs> I have a confession to make. If I'm home and I'm bored or I can't sleep, it's a bad habit. It's, you know, like uh, drinking, smoking, or whatever, overeating. I watch, I used to. I don't do it anymore because I just said I got to stop this. You got clean. I was watching videos of late night fights in Denny's, like drunk people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I went down a whole whole thread of them. Uh, I went down a rabbit hole of Golden Corral fights. Oh. It's like that buffet spot. It's like big in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Oh like, my god! Mm-hmm. Is that? Oh, oh my dear! They ran out of steak, <laughs> and just people went nuts. Blow up! People went nuts like Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> it was just people throwing chairs, and then tables start yeah. flinging across the restaurant. And, and it's not like a folding table, dude. It's like a fucking table yeah. with big metal legs just getting hurled. Mm-hmm. You see women grabbing children that aren't even theirs and shielding them. You know, yeah. and all these and the grown ass adults just totally ruining their lives yeah, because they ran dumb. out of steak at a buffet. And I had to stop. <laughs> one of the reasons one of the reasons I stopped watching these fights at Denny's is because I don't want to see anybody getting hit with a chair in the eye. You know, it's like I, I don't want to see yeah, that. I, at I, first it's like, Oh, this is like Dukes of Hazard. You know, Everybody's just like kinda of letting their energy yeah. out. And then it's like, No, I can't. You know, I so, can't it's so it's so fucking crazy. And it's, it's always pissed me off that you can you can't swear. 
on social media platforms. And you can't show nudity of any of any form on social media platforms. But you can show a guy getting a table thrown at his fucking head. You can show a guy getting sucker punched and hit and like hit the ground. You can show all sorts of you can they have violence. Been, yeah, uh, people getting shot and killed in a bar. Yeah. Like a bar if we're lucky. You know, there's like there's been footage of all kinds like 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 for Christ's sakes the the, the 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 pictures of Kobe Bryant, uh, the the, the, the helicopter accident. the helicopter crash. Uh, they know. hit they hit the internet before his wife was mm-hmm. even privy to this 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 visage this yeah. this this vision this sight you know, and like that's that that's criminal. I see nothing wrong with saying cunt. Who cares? at all? I don't. I think it's a great word. I think S- it's see you next Tuesday. Yeah. Well, Monday is open mic night at the exchange in Rockaway, 160 East Main Street. See you Monday. <laughs> but, doesn't have the same rank. Um, uh, but like, it's like, you know, like it always blew my mind that that like censorship in this country has always centered around sex and bad words, but not violent depictions, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. In Europe, is it? different oh yeah yeah no it is like after after 9 p.m you can say whatever the fuck you want on regular tv yeah. in uk like interesting some, some of my favorite uh britcoms that i've watched they're fucking chock full of swear words and it's like how did they get away with that and like the first time i'm watching it i'm like you know because like you know i watch seinfeld I'm like you know the worst i heard was dolores dolores <laughs> that was a good episode but um like they never, you know, you don't swear on TV in America. That's unbecoming. Blah, 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 blah. But like, you know, really, is it? That's 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 the line. That's the line in the sand for for the censorship board in this it's country. It's interesting. It's uh, not violence. It's sex and bad words. Like so, you you kind of caught the acting bug more than the music bug first, right? No, not really. It... I got the music bug first and kind of stumbled into acting just as something to do. Okay, and I felt uh, good with that. Um, music is always my first passion. Acting might be more of my calling and writing dramatic and comedic pieces. I've well, made, probably made more money as a actor and acting teacher, improv teacher. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny cause they're, they're so, they're so intertwined. It's true. I mean, like singer songwriters, actors, you know, it's all about, it's all about the script. You know, yeah, but but at the same time, it's you know it's the singer, not the song, as the as 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 Mick Jagger once said. Yeah, um, it's funny though. Sometimes you think about the famous writers vis-a-vis singers who don't write. Sometimes the writers don't take to acting that well. Like uh, Bob Dylan, maybe didn't shine as much as an actor. Oh, Mick Jagger was a terrible actor Jagger. too. But Sinatra, Barbara Streisand, who were not writers, but they were interpreters. Yeah, took to acting wonderfully. Yeah, well, it's you know if you don't care about what you're singing, if you if you can't emote that and make the person make the people that are listening to the song that you're singing, whether you wrote it or not, if you can't make them you know at least play along and believe what you're saying in the moment, then you're really not then you're really not conveying the message. And yeah. the same thing goes with acting because you know. If you if you if the words if you're not conveying those words of the script, with with the with the proper level of 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 
you know attention and and care that they and, that they deserve and heart and heart yeah, yeah. It, like if you can't if you can't you know get that message across then you're not doing your job you're just not doing your job you know yeah. but but some singers who you would think would be good actors like you say Jagger or Paul Simon maybe didn't find their calling yeah, Art, as Garfug- much as- Art Garfugel didn't really find it either well- <laughs> <laughs> though the non-writer of the Beatles Ringo took to it maybe more than the others well Ringo he wrote he wrote some he didn't really like all of the songs but like you know he he wrote a handful of their of their hits he had some and he had he had some yeah. solo success I think the the big difference between like 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 specifically as far as Beatles go the difference between Ringo Starr and John Lennon is Ringo never took himself that seriously yeah eventually. and he never had to you know like Lennon got kind of shoved into the forefront as you know, rightfully so, because he had, you know, he, he kind of asked for it. You know, he, he wanted he wanted that that attention. He wanted to be he wanted to be a, a, a sounding board. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, you have to deal with both sides of that blade. Yeah, you know, um, the uh, but like Ringo never really he never really had that kind of uh, you know that level of ego about what True. he did he he was he was just happy to be there and it was totally yeah. uh-huh. like if you see if you see interviews of, of like you know of the beatles and you know from the early, from the 60s he's just he's so happy to be there <laughs> he doesn't care like 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 he's 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 making jokes back and forth with the reporters he doesn't care but not every drummer could have the wit that Ringo did no you know no. You talk about Ringo's one of the most underrated musicians you talk about Ringo not being as technical of a drummer as you know a moon or uh bonham later right on there. but he you know didn't what? have to be he, who could improvise with the press like ringo did ringo and it was and, like 90 percent of again, his job I, like i was just saying he's one of the most underrated musicians because he didn't overplay he didn't underplay he was right where he needed to be oh, and that's the, and and people have been copying his style forever since 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 the first beatles album hit People have been copying that groove of his, and that that crash, that that and that ride, and that that ability. Da, 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 like like he, and there are some amazing tech, technical drummers just in, oh, yeah, in like, North Jersey alone. Like your drummer, for oh, his, oh uh, Sean Fairley. It's uh, technically he, like what the heck? You, you know how you know like, Sean Fairley is a great drummer? He's in seven bands. There you go. <laughs> My drummer Fred Jenkins is in seven bands. Yeah, the, at least <laughs> the best drummers are the drummers that work in multiple bands because, like, there are not enough drummers to go around. There just aren't. Yeah, it sucks. It, you know, I, like if 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 if, we, if the musicians' union could come back to life, it should start with drummers. <laughs> Going to a given club to see the bunch of bands playing, the drummers are always kick ass. It's technically amazing, very fast. Uh, it's intimidating. So, um, yeah. you've done it. You, you've been acting, like you've done stage plays, and and you've run. You, you've done improv and stuff. A lot of improv. Yeah. Um, where are you still teaching the improv classes? I should pick that up. Obviously, the pandemic put mm-hmm. a dent in that, I'm and sure. I was slow to embrace Zoom for doing improv because improv, even prior to the pandemic. 
doesn't come across on a screen really well. No. And then with Zoom, you're gonna, you're stuck with storytelling forms because you're kind of a talking head. And I love the aspect of improv and, and theater in general is you're moving through a lot of space. You know, you're in three dimensions. Uh, I love storytelling as well, but I need to get back into teaching is the bottom line. I need to get back mm. that groove of teaching improv and doing more improv. Uh, I've done a little bit. Um, my New York friends, we had a gig just as pan- the pandemic was lifting, and uh, we got to see where we're going to move forward with that. But uh, I'm doing a lot more music thanks to these guys named Nick. Um, There's uh, a lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because, you, uh, you know, um, after my daughter was born, I, I passed the torch of the Paragon open mic night, Paragon Tavern Table down in Clark. Clark, yeah. Um, that's every other Wednesday. Thanks again. I was yeah. I was glad to do it. I, there was no other guy that I felt was was deserving of it, other, other than you. you. You know, plus you lived the closest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, not for like you know, like I, I knew it was going to be in good hands, and it was I, I was so glad to see after I had passed the torch and, and handed it off to you that you continued to to get all these weirdos <laughs> and loonies that I was dealing with, but you got like a new breed of them. You got, some, you got, you got a whole new class. It was like, it was like, it was like a, it was like a, a sitcom, uh, like, you know, with like a mid, with like a mid season. There's tremendous up in this, in the, fertile in the ground for characters and writing dramatic or comedic things around these musical and stand up and other art forms. People who come to open mics. It's yeah. a wonderful field of, screenwriting to, it's oh it's, it's dive into these it's, people it's a constant yeah. there's, oh there's a, it's, it's like a constant well of of stuff to draw from i mean partly my rock musical the jenny mill in right inspired by the stanhope house is a tribute to the, the parade of souls that come across any given open mic stage it's just wonderful but uh I'd, I'd like to continue to explore that because thanks to you and nick ciavada in jersey city uh, I've seen a lot of wonderful you know, talent. And... It's so funny. Of like, I've been on the scene in Jersey for so friggin' long. I can't believe we've never crossed paths with. I've never crossed paths with Nick Ciavada. Yeah. And I and you and you've said so many nice things about the guy. Like I really, I I, I kind of want to sit down. And, I'm glad and I introduced with you uh, on social media. One of my dreams, and I should act on this somehow, uh, is to have a night, whether it's at Crossroads in Garwood or. Um, some place where the two of you can get to easily have a Nick and Nick night because uh, Nick at night you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna do up the uh, signage all like classic and, Nick at night style. And both the... of you are good with bands, and uh, t- t- who would back you would be something to work out. Uh, but uh, compare and contrast, and uh, solid musicians. Oh, there's with no great comparison. Repertoire. There's no comparing to Nick Ciavetta. <laughs> <laughs> From what I hear, that guy's a legend. Both wonderful singer-songwriters and organizers and multi-talented people. I truly look forward to that meeting. I really do. Because um, yeah. he's just, you know, from what you've told me about the guy, it just sounds like, it, it sounds like I'm going to hate him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you get along great. Uh, both class acts and... Uh... No, it's funny. You mentioned the Jenny Mill Inn because you've, you've been playing, uh, you come, to, you, you know, we met at Open Mic Night and you've been, you know coming to you've been coming to the monday open mic nights at the exchange and and then at the when we were when we were at the canal house you know after lockdown and stuff and you've always been you know one of those you know constant figures in on the scene of the open mic scene and you've always you you like you've peppered in 
covers with your originals. And most people go the other way and they pepper in their originals with covers. But you walk right out there and, you know, come out and say, this is a song about a TV show that I'm, that I, that, you know, a theme song that I wrote for a TV show. <laughs> and it's called North Jersey Detectives. And it becomes this earworm to the point where I'm, I'm actually now sitting with a script for North Jersey Detectives that you wrote. And, and like, and it's good. It's damn good. I'm glad you like it. I'm like, I like, I can't wait to see how this thing ends. But it started with a theme song, which is so cool. Yeah, like the idea in your head first festered as the theme song for the TV show. You wrote this, like you know, like I, I, it just it just cracks me up, and it's such a it's such a catchy song. But you've had you know, there's there's a few other songs of yours that I just absolutely love. Um, uh, North Carolina Falls, yeah, beautiful song. Um, and uh, uh, cocktail lounges. lounges. Yeah. That yeah, that that oh are cocktail God. lounges. Is the... it's just it's so hip. It's it's Thanks. just got such a good groove and such a good hook, and I freaking love that song. I love like you know like your originals are a lot of fun to listen to. Thanks. You write good stories. You write compelling stories, and they've just got good hooks. You know how to write good hooks. Appreciate, and that's that's a rare thing to have. Is that ability to write the hook? The hook is the thing, you it's know. True. The chorus, whatever, whatever that thing that gets repeated in the song, you know, like like don't go chasing waterfalls. Like mm-hmm. once once somebody says that to you, you can't get that out of your head because don't go chasing waterfalls. You know, it's just there. It, but you write you write really good hooks, man. And like and I, I I've always appreciated that about about your songs, about your music. It's like they're they're always they're always catchy. They're always catchy, and people, you know, people have said that, said the same thing to, to me about your music, and like, and, and like, it's a really groovy thing that I love. I'm so happy to say to you, is that your originals are catchy. That's a rare thing this day and age. Most people, when like most guys, most people that come to the open mic and they like, if those is an original, and it's just a minor. <laughs> And it's about their dog dying, or like no, no. no. G- Gina left me, and she took the fish, or whatever. Like, like Gina left you, and she took the fish. she took the fun of bitch, right? <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you've got a really uh, a really great way of conveying your story across, and like getting your getting your story across, and 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 it, and it's catchy, and it's and it's sincere, which is the, which is the mo- which is another really important part about songwriting, and it has to come from. Some place that's really honest, yeah. And yeah. you know, you're writing. That's that's where I, you know, what I pick up from from what I listen to when I'm listening to your music, is that it's coming from a really honest and sincere place. And you write a lot from the first person, and that's cool. I really like that, man. Yeah. Thank you. Um, North Jersey Detectives itself, like maybe you can relate to this because you, Dylan, and you, Nick, are top notch songwriters, and you've written love songs, right? <laughs> Yeah, I've written my, thanks, I've, man. I've, I've written my fair share. Of Eighty-five love songs. to ninety percent of the songs you write, usually uh, any given songwriter, are romantically based. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean uh, the the highs and the lows of yeah, well, winning uh, and losing and, uh-huh. and heartbreak oh, you, yeah. and, and love and uh, I've 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 alluded to that on stage so many times, which is like ninety percent, ninety like ninety-five percent of the music business is about well, it's all it's love it's love songs. Either, either I I broke up with her, or she broke up with me, or I love her, or she, and she loves me, or whatever. It's all about 
love, which is great. But there's that other 10 or 5% that might be friendship. Uh, or I'm, just, I'm not even counting the boring songs. Or just, I'm talking a, about, or right. just a good story. Yeah. You know, like involving two people fighting or just friends or family. Yeah. That kind of love. And North Jersey Detectives is kind of a friendship story because it began with a friend of mine uh, who passed away in 2006, a really cool Jersey singer songwriter on the scene named Big Steve, uh, Steve Orowski. You may have, or your father may have run into him through the years. And That, that, uh, that, that name rings a bell. We would end up at a diner a lot of times, either after a, a music gig, and we did a little improv together, and he was very funny. But we'd end up at a diner, you know, bitching about the music business or complaining about women and romance and relationships. And uh, the fantasy was as if we were detectives. We're musicians, yet private detectives, and we still end up at the diner, not getting the woman or <laughs> bitching about the music business. <laughs> you know, we've solved an incomprehensible crime and saved lives, but... Yeah, the music but business. They, music they, business sucks, but man. They yeah. Stiffed, they stiffed me fifty dollars at the fucking gig on Thursday night. Rick, Nick still owes me twenty bucks. Right. <laughs> I was playing at this bar, and the manager Ulysses, he was like, he was like, I'll pay you three fifty. I, I get that. I get two seventy five. I'm like, what the fuck, Ulysses? Yeah. Uh, those little things. Uh, there are a lot of good songs that are based on the love of you know friendship or or family. Yeah. And uh, that's one of those. Uh, yeah, and it's it's. It's I I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what this script turns into, and I'm really excited because it's a lot cheaper to do it as a podcast, and that's what but that that's what we're gonna do with it. I thought this was a big budget production. No, Nick. no, no. no. <laughs> um, sorry. I, uh, what the hell? I took. I was told that loan. huge money was involved. Ryan, here. Ryan Reynolds pulled out and bought a fucking soccer team, if you can believe um, it. So yeah. So, <laughs> but to continue uh, what you're saying, meeting you and Pat, Patty Kay on the open mic scene, especially over at Mr. Krabby's, kind of when I met you and him and. Uh, your musicianship and the fun that you guys shared there inspired me to cast or envision you guys as the new North Jersey detectives, the <laughs> musicians who also go out and help the community. Yeah, crime-fighting musicians. <laughs> and if I could just get myself away from a fifth of bourbon, maybe I could go solve a crime. <laughs> you sound like the perfect TV detective. Right? Yeah. I'm jaded. Yeah, oh my God. Like, yeah, this is perfect. But like, I'm reading this script. and like, this guy's nothing like me. But it's but it's funny. It, he's no, not, no, no, no. It, it, uh, he's only like you in that he shoots from the hip. hip well, no, like, you know? like no, like it's, and he's no, got a good sense of humor. No, it's, and, no, it's like it, I, I appreciate that. Like it's not just like me because like holy fuck, if like <laughs> if he had if he had my problems, <laughs> you know. Hey, you know, I'll grab whatever details I need to grab to uh, no, to no get comment. paid. You know, no comment. <laughs> but there's some really good there's some really good moments in this script that I really can't wait to bring to life, and I'm really oh, really good. I'm looking about forward it. to it. Also, yeah, it's um, gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really, you know, it's like here, listen, guys, forty pages so far, forty yeah. fucking pages, and it's got to get edited down because that's supposed to be that this is supposed to be one episode. <laughs> And I'm not sure exactly. This one's a whodunit. I wrote one with Dylan in it, oh. who is starring as a podcast yeah. host, and it bookends Ooh. it. Uh, you know, and I, I was thinking because, like, yeah, that was the like the first iteration of the of the script was um, the case of the it, dying private. Dick. Yeah, and, and and it's and it started and middled and began and ended oh, yeah. in the podcast. 
Oh yeah. I'm thinking that's yeah. probably. I think we should probably, you know, it could work with this too. I'm just augment those ahead. roots and and plop it into this script. Could do that very easily. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, and and it just you know. It gets it gives uh, Dylan a reason to talk more, but eventually <laughs> Dylan, we... shut the fuck up! You're, you're talking the whole fucking time. Just shut up, Dylan. I'm hey, sick of it. Uh, you, you know you're the host. Chris is the guest. <laughs> well, who am I over here? I'm just the guy. You're that uh, beautiful black chick that Howard Stern has uh, mm. chorusing over. Oh, the she's corner. funny. Yeah, I love Robin. Yeah, I've always Robin, Robin. Givens. Is mm-hmm. that her? Yeah, she's, she's got great. a tough job. It's I mean you walk if you see that. Filmed well, let's be fair. It doesn't mean she ma- had a tough job. <laughs> she had a tough job. Howard Howard's format has changed, you know, it's not the same show that it was in 1992. Mm-hmm. It's it's evolved, and it's and that's a good thing because you know he's grown as, an, as a person. Howard Stern's still, still doing his show, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, he's on satellite radio, he's you know, way more popular than this show. Um, that's about to change, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But it's still it's 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 Robin and Fred and Gary, and and, and the fart guy and the fart guy like and you know they got their you know, their fucking freak squad and they're you know it's it's still it's still a good show but it's not the same show that it was because Howard yeah. is, has Howard has grown and and Robin has grown they've all they've all grown and the, the, I guess their hope was that the the audience would grow with them, you know, and to to a degree it has but to another degree there's a lot of folks. That kind of walked away from Howard because, oh, it's, well, what the fuck? Why doesn't he just have like naked bitches on the show every fucking day anymore? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know, because he's, you know, because he's in his 60s and, you know, shut, and he's, and like, you know, Donald, shut the fuck up. And how about you start a fucking multi million dollar radio enterprise and then tell Howard Stern how to do it? He's doing fine. So, but you say <laughs> this uh, would be presented in a podcast form, let's mm-hmm. say North Jersey Detectives. Mm-hmm. But eventually we will get cameras in here and we will, you know, we have like handsome Dylan here and he could uh, be a leading man or. Well, uh, uh, I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from a friend of mine who works in film and television and he's going to uh, discover uh, a piece of green screen. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. And uh, I won't say abscond with it. I'll say he found it. <laughs> and then it will end up in my garage. Sure. And yeah. then maybe, yeah, maybe we could do some uh, some filming in here. I don't know. I like all these tools around here that you have laying around. I mean, it definitely it definitely works. The for like, saw table. It definitely works for that scene in Casino uh, where where Joe Pesci pops the guy's <laughs> eye out of his head. I have. You guys can't see this because it is a fucking podcast. Podcast, but a, a bobcat. Oh, it's a bobcat. I have a bobcat in my garage. It's a bobcat podcast. <laughs> bobcat Goldblades here, boys and girls. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I have a I have a massive amount of tools in my garage. Um, I have like duplicates of everything. I have like like two sawzalls. I have uh, three circular saws. Fucking power drills out the wazoo. Axes, hatchets. Crowbars, pry bars, sanders, a lot of drills, things could screws. transpire in here, Nick. I mean, I, it could, if, could get very interesting. You needed to get rid of a body real quick. I'm pretty sure we could chop it up into small enough pieces. <laughs> Turn it off, man. We're gonna blow a fuse. <laughs> like, like I have enough. Yeah, I, there's a shitload of tools in here, but uh, it's it's this like crazy mad scientist mix of tools, and um, there's also that this whole bottom shelf on this on this. Uh, here is all all just vinyl. And that's Record actually, albums. That's wow, not even I just that's not that. even half of my collection. The rest is upstairs, and and under my bed, uh, that I just have not had the time and the bandwidth to f- put it all back up here. 
But uh, yeah, I have a shitload of uh, vinyl and a shitload of DVDs and CDs. There's a um, the the two small bags of DVDs up there. You see the CD bags up there. Uh, those are actually concert DVDs, um, like like bootleg or otherwise of of uh, I've got Fish, Grateful Dead, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. Very um, cool. I've got a um, I've got a CD in there of it's the Yardbirds' last show as the Yardbirds. Wow. Yeah, that's a groovy fucking show, and it's really cool because you hear um, the beginnings of Days and Confused, and the beginnings of a, of a few of, of, of a few Led Zeppelin songs that you heard in the first two albums. Uh, they, you know, before before the Yardbirds broke up, Jimmy Page was kind of trying to get these songs done, and it just wasn't happening, and it, it didn't work. But like, <laughs> but you hear you hear where it came from. Mm-hmm. And like to hear like to hear somebody else other than John Paul Jones play the walk down in Daisy Confused is kind of weird. Hmm. Interesting. It it's it is it's really it is really interesting. It's it's not as good. You know, it's not Led Zeppelin. It's it's not that fucking epic lineup, but it is really interesting to hear like the the skeletal structure of what these songs were going to become. Yeah. You know. So you have a lot of stories among the tools oh yeah among i've the got and i've got vinyl auto, there's, and... there's autographed posters floating around that i haven't gotten around to hanging up yet um so this I've podcast got... could get visual very quickly it should that's actually kind of it's kind of the end game is we're gonna have at least at least two cameras going in here um one like over dylan's shoulder and then one over my shoulder i, I think it'll look pretty cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. one down my shirt you know yeah and then like you know one up the up my ankle, yeah. That so would, people can see my ha- great. my hairy calves. Nice, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 coming together. You know, I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, we you know we got to have you know you as our first guest. I appreciate you know, that. I'm honored. I, I'm 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 so glad that you're that you that you're here to do this. You know, I knew you were gonna say yes because I know you're not that busy. But, <laughs> 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 but you are you are getting you you you've been. Pretty damn busy with 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 gigs lately. You've got you, so your open mic at Paragon every other it's every Wednesday, other Wednesday. Yes. Um. So you know, just follow. You know, people should just follow you on social media, Facebook, Christopher Hoyle. Yeah. Uh, so um, the Jenny Mill Inn. We actually have I have I have a physical copy here, and we're gonna uh, grab this. Yeah, this is a really groovy album. Uh, it's all based on the Stanhope House. Yes, it's music based on stories of the Stanhope House. Well, it's and, kind of and yeah. stories about and and just kind of stories about the music scene in New Jersey. Yeah, and it's really cool. There's some really good. There's some really good stuff on this, and we're gonna we're gonna play one of these songs at the end of the show. Um, and uh, it's we're just we're just gonna play it straight off the album because it's that damn good. Yeah, what what other way could we do it? <laughs> well, I didn't bring my guitar. I've yeah, got, Chris didn't uh, bring his guitar. Oh, the, that's what you mean. And okay. the only acoustic guitar that I have in the house right now is this. Um, it's this really old Yamaha. The action is just stupid high. It's like it's like punishment to play this guitar. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It's like that's the guitar that I used to bring to open mic night for whenever people would walk up to me and say, "I don't have a guitar." Can I just borrow yours? I'm like, no, you can't borrow my bazooki knucklehead, but I'll give him this Yamaha. Mm-hmm. And then they and, and they play it for four minutes and their left hand would just, just cramp up like a crab claw. Bleeding. <laughs> just painful. The action is really high. So we're not gonna make you go through that. So we're just gonna play one of these songs off of uh off of this off of this album. 
uh, at the end of the show. Okay, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so I'm so glad to have it. I'm so I'm so glad to have a copy of it. This is so cool. What's it gonna um, be? Which song is it gonna yeah, that's, be? That's that's the next. That's that's the question after this question. Oh, my my next question is, what's next? So Jenny Mill in. What's what's uh what's like? Are you, are you working on another another album or another EP or anything like as far as like you know like original music goes? Continuing to write, I've been a slacker lately, but I have written a new song. I haven't brought it in tonight, but uh, I do have my first original song written in a year or so. So I'm happy to be writing again. Right on. And I I really have been enjoying writing the scenes for North Jersey Detectives. And it's a different discipline. As you noted, music and comedy and drama are all related. But uh, with writing scenes, it's more of a conscious discipline. Oh, yeah. It, you, I wake up and it's like, I'm not stopping until at least a scene is written in longhand on a piece of paper. There's a lot more to think about. You're, you, like, you, have to, you have to think about the structure of the room. Like, like, like literally, like when writing out a scene, like interior... Oh yes, you know, bathroom. That comes to the you. Sink is to your left. The, the, you know, like like you know, like you those have... things come to you. Yeah, the scene you know, you see where this is all happening, but just the discipline of sitting down to write it. It's like going on a treadmill or running out jogging outdoors. Like I don't want to do this. And it's like, <laughs> I, I never want to. One... <laughs> but then one step at a time, you give yourself little increments, bite-sized chunks to do, and then eventually you get caught up in it and. You've written maybe two scenes, and then spend the rest of the day typing it up because I write them out longhand at first, and then I type them up, and that gives me a chance to also edit. Right. Uh, so um, with writing songs, it's a little bit more inspirational, um, and but with writing scenes, it's like it, if I don't force myself to sit down and do it, it ain't gonna happen. Right. Uh, it, it, it's interesting because um, I, I I write I write things out long hand before I, you know, like while I'm, while I'm writing a song, it's always handwritten first. And that, that is, that's so true. Yeah. When I, when I take it to the computer to type it up so that I can read my handwriting, <laughs> that is totally step one of the editing process for me. Yeah. You know, cause it's, it starts just getting, getting the words out, getting the, getting the feelings out, getting the emotions out, getting it on paper and not forgetting it. You know, it happened on uh, Monday night, uh, my fiance can attest to it. I just like shot up out of bed at like four thirty in the morning. Oh wow! And just had to get words written down. Just had to do it, and I just, I, I couldn't find. I, I had my, I had my little pad next to my bed, but I couldn't find a fucking pen. So I grabbed my phone to turn on a flashlight to find a pen, and I'm like, no, idiot, just type it into your phone. So I just wrote it in my notepad and started, you know, wrote it out. Like, oh, that sucks. That's good. <laughs> like you know. Fight, like I'm sitting, I'm just like sitting straight up in bed, like just looking at my words, and like oh, that's, that's lazy. Fix this, fix this, fix this. Okay, that's good. That's good. And then I put it down. I laid it down. I went to bed, and then woke up. As soon as I woke up the next morning, or like you know what, like three hours later, <laughs> <laughs> just like grabbed my phone, looked at it, and started writing it down on paper. It was all I was, a I was like, convoluted well, process. So it was, it was like yeah. digital first, but, and then yeah, hand, but like just to get it digital. out. But like, and I, I just wrote it out into 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 my pad. And then, uh, and then later that day, uh, I edited, yeah. and I, I sat down like that's a, that's that's a lazy word right there. 
That is lazy. But there's something about the first writing act where I don't want a big screen in front of my face. It's like I want to be able to be looking out a window, the, the feng shui, is that how they pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to be writing longhand, or I do, partly because I don't want a wall of the computer screen. Yeah, and it's well, it's just, it's in, just and it just eyes. it just feels more natural to just have it coming straight from you to the pen to the paper. Yeah, you know, absolutely. No, I totally get that. I like doing it because you can't delete it if you write it down. You know? Yeah, well, you can. You just rip it. Yeah, out Yeah, you can cross throw it out. You get rid <laughs> throw it away. <laughs> yeah. And I've thrown away. I've thrown away so many songs for every song I've written. <laughs> yeah. for every song yeah. I've written and recorded, I've thrown out a thousand. Mm-hmm. Just wow. Yeah, I'm picky. I'm picky. Oh and if it's if, if if I look if I look at that song three days later and I and I'm just like nah that doesn't work. I'm starting over. I'm. But starting also over. some of the songs you throw out, perhaps you can save scraps for later. Mm-hmm. Like riffs or hooks. Yeah. That maybe in that song were just not working, and then I've done ten that. songs down the road like oh this piece from the. Shitty song. Now yeah, this is I, working well in this. I've, one. I've I've done that. There's been like there's been phrases that I've written that made that like in the moment made sense, and then I read it back. I'm like this doesn't this doesn't fit with the with the narrative. Yeah. But but I love that line, and that's a line that like that line can stop traffic. Or a mel- melody line. You know? yeah. yeah. But just like you know, like more so. I'm 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 referring more so to the to the lyrics of a song yeah. than than the than the melody. Um. But like if I if if I if I don't like the if I don't like the way the song is working, but I like that one line, yeah, I'll, I'll like I've done that. I've, I've just ripped off just like that one strip of the paper and saved it. Like in in like I have like a little I have a little drawer on my nightstand that's just filled with little scraps of paper, wow. with just really good one liners and phrases that I've come up with. It's a fire hazard. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I have all those little ideas on the the iPhone and the the notes section. Uh-huh. Ah, okay. Uh, but... <laughs> yeah, it does. I, I I rarely use that. I I I like to stick to pen and paper and uh, then go to typing. You know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, let's um, let's see here. Uh, so what do you want? What what should we play off off this? What I'm you, thinking. What do, you, what do you think, buddy? Let's see how you feel about this notion. When you write your songs, once they've made the cut and you like them you feel they're a keeper they're kind of like your children mm. and i don't play favorites after that it's <laughs> like they're all my children but i'm thinking the man in the silver pickup it's easily found either on the cd or on itunes or cd baby or spotify or youtube and all that the man in the silver pickup i'm proud of that song and Proud of the production of my uh, producer, Rick Ryle, who helped me with that. Our inspiration, sound-wise, was uh, Daniel Lenoir, the guy who works with Dylan in his later, worked with Dylan in his later albums, the the reverb and ambient textures of that kind of music. Uh, The Man in the Silver Pickup would be my choice tonight. Well, then that's what we're going to spend. You bet. Oh, yeah. This has been a really good show. I'm kind of jazzed. Like, this is our first time getting back into it, and I think we hit the ground running. What do you think, boys? Thank you, Nick. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. Good All to right. learn a lot about what's going on with you as well. Yeah, we're, you know, we're getting there, you know. Things are happening at the house. Um, I, uh, 
my pantry this Yeah, I saw the police here the other day. Well, <laughs> you know, I keep telling every time every time Sting shows up at my house, I'm just like, "Go home, Gordon." <laughs> oh, p- the police. Andy <laughs> Summer and Stuart Cole. The other day, the other day my 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 pantry shelves decided to retire. Um without telling anybody. Then didn't, didn't write out two weeks notice or anything. Um talking to my fiance and we hear this loud thud in the wall and like for a second i was like i was about to call my neighbors how did that sound (laughs) there you go how's that good that that, was great that peaked (laughs) (laughs) but um it was just really loud thud in the wall and i thought my neighbors i know my neighbors next door they have they have like some really nice paintings some big paintings hanging on their wall i thought one of them fell and i was about to call them and, and and let them know or like asking, you know, like, "Are you home? Did you hear that?" And then I noticed that the the pantry doors in our kitchen were were being held closed by the child safety locks. Like they hmm. they were shut, and now they're like, boom, like they're you know like like a fucking like a ten degree angle, like pointing out. I'm like, uh oh. And I I go to push the doors closed, and I get a lot of resistance. I get like I get about like hundred and fifty pounds of resistance. Oh boy! Because it's every can, jar, pot, pan, bag of rice, box of pasta, everything on the shelf is leaning on the door because oh every, all the screws just gave out. That's like same, a Charlie Chaplin. They all gave out. They all gave out at the same fucking time. The same fucking time, and just boom. Oh so God. I'm I'm I open the doors. I'm holding the shelves up, and Al is just grabbing cans and jars and setting them to the side. And we 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 have you know we have an 18 month old. She obviously is going to get into all this shit. So like we had to like put her in the high chair and like strap her into the high chair just to keep her from grabbing jars of tomato sauce and you know spiking them in the end zone of our kitchen. <laughs> That's what you don't want. <laughs> so like, but like, yeah. It's like it's it's so crazy. I keep trying to make this garage into more of a workspace, and then shit happens. I'm like, oh nope, guess what? There's just jambalaya mix just sitting on your fucking shelf now. There's just a can of Bush's baked beans. But like, yeah, like just the whole shelf just came the fuck down. It was it was so hilarious. It was so fucking annoying. But this is life of a homeowner. Yeah. Yep. And I'm gonna fix it. Well, I'm glad you got through it. Oh no, we're fine. And like, no, nothing broke. That was that was the miracle of it. Like, I held those shelves up. And Al's, and she's like grabbing them one off one at a time off the top shelf. And I'm like, grab the pots and pans, <laughs> take some real weight, uh-huh. grab that shit. <laughs> well, we got through it. We got it all off. Nothing broke. Nothing broke. And dinner wasn't spoiled that night. Wow. And uh, but yeah, so that's that's my next mission. The uh, you know, and uh, I guess you'll see it on my YouTube channel of me fixing shit around my house. <laughs> Maybe writing a song after that. Oh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going to write songs. Not, dur- not about it necessarily. Oh, no, I'm writing songs <laughs> during the process. There's going to be a lot of swear words, and um, and no one's going to like it. But it's but it's more of a me project. <laughs> Dealing with the feelings of the pantry shelf collapse. Dealing with the feelings. Exactly. Exactly. There's the name right there. You just titled the track. That's fucking beautiful. <laughs> So we well, can, thank you, Nick. Thank I you. appreciate you having me over here. No, so I'm, so, great I'm so glad you did this. And don't forget, guys, to follow Christopher Hoyle on Facebook and on Instagram. YouTube. YouTube. You can find his Chris name. Martinez Group on YouTube. Chris Martinez. Oh, it's a, it's a surname or a pen name. One right? of my nom de plumes Not that I'm always that's teasing the you. the word I was looking for, nom de plumes. <laughs> One of my favorite things about Chris is when he comes to the open mic nights, he's always got... He'll he'll sign himself into the open mic list with just like the craziest names. Like you've you've signed in as DB Cooper, 
You signed, <laughs> you signed in as well, you signed, the airplane guy. You signed in <laughs> right. as you signed yeah. in, you signed in once as Jimmy Hoffa's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's becoming like diminishing returns because I'm trying to get a reaction out of Nick Kina, and nothing is getting a reaction from him now. I'm waiting for it. I know it's coming. I know it's like, you might not see it's it. It's like ASMR. Face. That's not getting I, you to I, sleep I, anymore. I, I know <laughs> it's coming. I know it's coming. I might not be emoting as much, but I'm so glad to see that you took the time to say, to write down Adley Doubleday. Like, uh, Abner Doubleday. Abner yeah, Doubleday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Hal, Harold <laughs> Alexander. Yeah, Hal he uh, inspired me. He said, you've got to write a stage name around the new king. So my stage name this past Monday was Charles the Turd. <laughs> so Hal and I worked on that together. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he, <laughs> that was a collaboration. He, he, he was hell-bent on that jam, and it, and it worked out well. I'm so glad. It, it made me laugh. It really did. God save the queen. I think Charles would be a fine queen. I think, I think, I think he'll do a nice job. He's just got to find a good pair of sensible shoes. And he'll be okay. Yeah, and a pair and a pair of white gloves that will fit over those sausage fingers of his. <laughs> Have you seen a close up oh, of, of 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 his hands? No, they're like ballpark Franks. He's got <laughs> that, he's. It's like it's got to be some kind of problem. Like maybe. Like, yeah, these, I like, shouldn't this be doesn't, laughing at him. Oh, you no, go ahead. We don't fucking we don't fucking care. Are you kidding me? You, you're talking. You're, you're multi billionaire. You're, uh, no, you're sitting in a room with two Irish Catholic boys. Fuck the, fuck the king. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, I'm Irish and English and Scottish, so I don't know what to feel. You're, you're conflicted. So you're conflicted. But you know what? It's you're like the, a, you're Red, Wings, gonna, Red Wings devils, you know? You're not going to see his money. You can say what you want. It's okay. He's, Supposedly I have royal blood. That's what my grandfather said. So yeah? maybe I will see his money. Yeah, Megan yeah. and I will abscond with his money. Yeah. <laughs> They'll never, they'll never catch you. They'll us. never catch you. They'll never catch you. Oh, they'll never, they'll never look for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, <laughs> here comes the man in the silver pickup by Charles the Turd. <laughs> Good to have you Charles. on the show, Chris. Thanks Thank you, lot, Nick. Man. Thank you, Dylan. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thinking we were two parts of Do I dare use the word love? Maybe we were just two online Feeling like I'm in high school Pining here on this bar stool People tell me they love my vibe And open wide through the door outside Past the Harley the soft silky breeze She went with a man in the silver pickup It pulled away like a ghost in the night She seemed to go with that silver pickup And I was not the man who had the ride I was not the man in the high summer woodlands, a couple talked and they held hands, but history's just history. I took. Care 
carrier lush grass Now I stare into green glass You no longer need help from me And through the sign for me Go! Oh. 